before your hearing this morning, we will look at the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. But I would lift up this morning uh, the verses that my sermon is centered around. It would be verses 10 through 11 of that eighth chapter of the Gospel of John. When Jesus had lifted up himself and said, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those, where are those thine accusers? Had, not, had no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We were used for a theme this morning, to judge or not to judge. We were also used as a subtitle, from a test to a testimony. When we look at this issue of judging, it's a big problem in our society. To judge or not to judge. The Bible says and warns us about judging. Jesus said, judge not and ye shall not be judged. But even then, he's not saying don't judge. He's just saying the judgment that you judge by is the same judge others by is the same judgment that you will be judged by. And also, Paul said in Romans chapter 14, uh, who, art, who art thou that judge another man's servant? Then we come with this thorny question again, when do we judge and how do we judge? And a good answer is that we judge when it is necessary. A young lady must judge the young man that comes courting to see if he has any potential of being a husband. Yeah, young ladies, every relationship should be going somewhere. If it ain't going nowhere, you get off that bus and catch you another one, hallelujah. <laughs> And also, an employee must judge an employee when they come with an application for a job. Christian must judge other Christians in the church in order to see if they are walking right in the Lord. Uh, we must judge our doctors. We must judge our babysitters. Uh, judging is inevitable. We're going to have to make judgments. Uh, but how do we do that? And I'm glad you asked that question because today I will teach when and how and why we are to judge. When we look at our lesson text this morning, uh, there's three points. Crime and a question, verses 1 through 4 of the 8th chapter of John. Verses 1 through 4 is my first point, crime and a question. And my next point is the purpose, and that is in verse 6. And my last point is verses 7 through 11 is the answer. We have the crime and the question, we have the purpose, and we have the answer. <clears throat> when we look at our lesson text this morning uh, in the 8th chapter of John, we see that Jesus now is sitting teaching uh, and after Jesus has finished teaching, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees 
came up to him, the scribes and the Pharisees pretended to be concerned about this woman uh, that they had caught in adultery. So we see our verses here in that eighth chapter, uh, that first verse, and saith, And Jesus went into Mount of Olives, and early in the morning, see, Jesus got up early in the morning. Jesus was a morning person. I want y'all to know that. Some of us may sleep to 12 o'clock, but Jesus was a morning person. You often read that he got up early in the morning. It says, and early in the morning he came again unto the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and he taught them. See, Jesus would always sit down and teach. That was a thing in that culture. So now Jesus is in the temple teaching. Now here comes the, the scribes and the Pharisees in verse 3. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst of him, they, they, they brought this woman to Jesus. Jesus sitting down teaching, and they, and they sit this woman in the midst. But pay attention because there was a huge crowd there where Jesus, remember, it didn't say nothing about the crowd disappear. It just said they brought this woman that was caught in the very act, and they set this woman in the midst of Jesus, that this woman that they said was caught in the act of adultery. And then we see in verse number 4 of that 8th chapter, and it says, and they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Jesus knowing the law, especially the law in the Old Testament. But you have to watch folk when they come to you. You see, in, in, in Deuteronomy, it said that if someone, if a woman uh, was caught in adultery, they were to bring the woman and the man. In, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22, it says, it says, you bring the woman and the man that was caught in adultery, and they be stoned to death. It never said in the Old Testament law that you just bring the woman. Are y'all with me? He must have been there if she was caught in the act. Are y'all with me? Are y'all going to sleep? So, so now here they come to Jesus with, with, with this one-sided situation. Uh, so, they, so they bring this woman to Jesus, and, and you can look at Leviticus 20 and 10. You can look at Deuteronomy 20 22. It, all those scriptures say, and they brought the woman and the man, and they carried them to, in front of the city, and they stoned them to death. Never just the woman. Jesus looked at them, and he figured something was up. Because here they come with one side of the story. And then, uh, and then they said, and they called him master. This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. And then they go on to try to pinpoint Jesus down in that fifth verse when they talk about adultery was to be punished by death. Jesus knew that. And they said, now Moses in the law, in that fifth verse, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said, now we're going to tell you what Moses said. See, they didn't understand that Jesus already knew what Moses said. But they said, now Moses said that she is to be stoned and to watch folk that come to you and tell you what you ought to be doing. They didn't give Jesus a chance. They say, we bringing this woman to you. And Moses has already said what you're supposed to do to her. So you're supposed to have a stone to death. 
So they brought this woman to Jesus and they say, now, now what do you say? And they said, tempting him. Now our sixth verse is the purpose of what they were doing. I want you to pay attention to the purpose here because this purpose is very important because they weren't concerned about this woman being no justice uh, being carried out. They, that, that wasn't their concern. In, in verse 6 it says, this they said, tempting him. See, they're they testing him. See, that's why I told you my subtitle is from a test to a testimony. See, they're bringing this woman to Jesus that's been caught in the very act. But they didn't realize that Jesus' mission was to seek and to save that which is lost. See, see every time somebody trying to hem you up, and bring somebody to you, 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 you have to realize that God's already got your back. You, 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 you'll see what they're saying. And they said, tempting him that they might, they, they might have, to be, have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and he wrote on the ground. And though he heard them not, they kept on talking. Jesus stopped listening. He just took his finger and he wrote in the ground. Now, now, now there are a lot of schools of thought about what Jesus wrote. But, but I, just, I just like one. But, but, but now nobody knows what he wrote. Now don't go running telling nobody, Reverend Shannon, know what he wrote. I, I just like one, one theologian that said he wrote the name of every scribe and every Pharisee that was there. But not only did he write the name across from them, he wrote the sin that they had committed. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, so they looked at him writing in the ground, and Jesus wasn't listening to them. And then all of a sudden, now, 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 now pay attention because you have to understand the purpose. Because, see, if Jesus were to say that this woman should be stoned to death according to the Mosaic law, then they would say, oh, he ain't got no compassion. He been running around here telling people, looking at 5,000 folks saying he got compassion and feeding them. And then he looked down at all the sick folks and had compassion and he healed them. And all Jesus talking about is compassion. And now he's going to have this woman stoned. So you see, they was waiting for him to go by the law. Then he wouldn't have no compassion. And then if Jesus would have told them to let the woman go, then he, they would say, well, we can't stone this woman because we are Jews. We don't have the authority to stone her. If Jesus would have said stone her, if he would say let her go, they would have been mad. But if he say stone her, they would have said, well, we are, we are in Rome. The Jews have no authority to stone this woman. So, so now he's going against the Roman law. So if he said one thing, he was going to be going against the Mosaic law. If he's going to be saying another thing, he was going to be going against the Romans because the, they said we got him trapped. He has no wiggle room. Lord help us. So when we look at, that's the purpose. That's the whole purpose of them coming there is to trap Jesus. But now all of a sudden, in that seventh verse, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Jesus looked at him and he lifted up his head after he had written what he was writing in the ground. And Jesus looked at him and said, he 
who is without sin. Hold your horses right there. He said, he who is without sin. See, the Bible said when, when Gabriel came and spoke to Joseph and Mary, he said, Your the son shall be born and his name shall be Jesus and he shall deliver us from our sins. Jesus had not yet delivered humanity from their sins. So there was no one, there was no one on earth that was without sin. So Jesus said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So they thought about that. They, they, they thought about that thing, that, that, that thing without sin. See, in antiquity, in order to carry out judgment, you had to have a pure hands. You had to have clean hands and a pure heart. You couldn't carry out a sin, something that you had already committed. And if that theologian was right, though, those Pharisees and, and scribes had already seen the sin written in the ground that they had committed. So Jesus said, he who is without sin, See, see they, you can't trap Jesus. See, see, see they, they brought this woman to Jesus to test him. Jesus said, he who is without sin, then you cast the first stone. You cast the first one, the one of you that is without sin. So we see here that uh, they couldn't do that. And then in verse 8, now pay attention because when most folks preach this, they overlook verse 8. Verse 8 says, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Not only did he write on the ground one time, but he stooped down and wrote on the ground again. And when he wrote on the ground this time, now pay attention because he was letting these Pharisees and scribes understand some things. You, you, you see, when the God first wrote on the stone tablets, Moses took the stone tablets and he broke them. But when God wrote on the stone tablets the second time, they put them in the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in the mercy seat and they took the blood that was sprinkling from innocent animals and they sprinkled it on the, on the stone tablets. So Jesus was helping them to understand that, that, that Moses, hallelujah, Moses broke the first stone, but I put the second stone and then the blood of the innocent lamb came and washed away the sins. I want you to understand what the second kneeling means, this second kneeling means that Jesus was letting them know the blood of an innocent lamb is going to come between those who have been condemned and those that the law say to be condemned. Jesus is letting them know. And when they realized this, when they saw themselves and when they saw Jesus kneeling the second time and they realized what it symbolized, Hallelujah. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. They heard it. They being convicted by their own conscience. They, they, they realized that they had sinned, and they realized that their sins had not been washed away from them. They realized all the sins that they had committed in the past, the present, and the future was still upon them. And their own conscience, conscience, they went out one by one, beginning with the elders, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When they heard it, when they realized what Jesus had written, when they realized what Jesus had gone down the second time to help them to understand that the blood of the lamb, that the blood of the innocent was going to wash away their sins, they walked away 
one by one. The elders, the elder guy went first because he had more sin on him than any of the rest of them. The oldest guy realized that he was messed up and tied up and tangled up. He realized that he was up against a God. So they walked away. Their tests became a testimony. And this woman that they brought, she stayed there with Jesus. Pay attention. Because something is going to happen. Uh, they say, and when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that accuse? Had not no man condemned thee? He said, where are they that brought you here? Where are those accusers? Where are those people that brought you here? And she said, no man, Lord. Hold your point right there. People have a question about whether this lady was saved or not. She called Jesus Lord. When he could become your Lord and he become, you just saved her. But, 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 but we see now that this lady became a believer. She, she said, no man, Lord, condemns me. See what happened. They brought this lady to Jesus to trap him. But they didn't realize that Jesus' mission was to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came into the world to save lost humanity. And when they brought this woman to Jesus, Jesus was just like Brother Rabbit in the briar patch. Hallelujah. Jesus said, this is my mission. This is what I came to do. This is my mode of operation. I'm going to turn this test into a testimony. You brought me a woman that was in sin. I'm not going to turn this woman that you caught in the very act and turn her into a saint. Are you out there? Do you realize the power of Almighty God? The law versus compassion. We see here the purpose that Jesus came in the world to do. And now we realize that Jesus now, he says, who condemns you? The woman says, no man, Lord. In Christ, there's no condemnation. In those that love the Lord, those that are in Christ, you will never be condemned. Condemned means that you have been found guilty and the penalty of sin has been demanded for your guilt. But Jesus came and paid the price for your sin, took away the penalty of all of your sin, all of the sins committed in the past, present, and future. Jesus has taken them all away and that will never be reversed. When you accept the Lord Jesus... And you put yourself in God's hands. There's no one that can ever pluck you out of that. No matter what you do, no matter how bad you act up, you got eternal security. Eternal security. Let me come down and tell you a story. There was a man. He was a horrendous racist. One day driving a motorcycle in the south. He had a bad accident. He was a skinhead, he was a Ku Klux Klan, he was all of these things. But they carried this man to a hospital after he had this horrendous accident, body broke, bones everywhere. And at the hospital, the main doctor was an African-American and his assistant was a Hispanic. 
and the nurses and everybody. This man was tore up, tied up, but he carried him to this hospital. He couldn't speak, but everybody that waited on him was people of color. They loved this man so much. They cared for him so much. They, they, they just helped him to walk. Every time he was walking, one of those people was walking up under him, lifting him up, loving him and caring for him and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, this, this man was sitting up in his bed when he finally got a chance to speak again. His, his tears just overwhelmed him. The love of God had overwhelmed him. He, ever, he had never been loved like this before. He had never seen this kind of compassion. He had never seen this kind of caring. He had never seen people who would stand by him all night. People that would feed him when he was not able to feed himself. So all of a sudden, tears come riding down his eyes. He actually, he actually the nurse, she said, take me to the chapel. I want to confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. And I would never ha- hate another man again because I got the love of God in my heart. I will never hate. You see, love overcomes evil. Love overcomes evil. You may be going through a test, but I just want you to know this morning that God, the God that I serve, specializes in taking tests and making them into testimonies. I know, I know you may be worried about that cancer. I know you may be worried about your marriage breaking up. I know you may be worried about your employment. But I want you to know that my God, the God that I serve, has the power. He specializes in taking tests and turning them into testimony. Whatever your test is. Whatever it is. Or you can't go to school without taking a test. My wife taught school for 35 years. I would see her making out the tests for the children. You can't pass without a test. What is your test? That's going to be your testimony. If you serve God, whatever you're going through, whatever has hurt you so bad, I don't care if you break a pipe at, the, at, at, at that point when they weld it back together. At that point of that well, that is the strongest point that that pipe will ever have. The point of the well, the point of the brokenness. I don't care where you've been, how you've been broken. God got a testimony to come out of your brokenness. Judge or not to judge. From a test to a testimony. Are you out there today? Are you going through something? Are you hurting today? Are you going through something? God say, I can turn that test into a testimony. He's calling you this morning. He's calling you this morning. Are you out there? Are you out there?